This season of On the Contrary by IDR is supported by Hindustan Unilever Foundation or HUF, a private foundation that supports and amplifies scalable solutions around India's diverse water challenges. You're listening to On the Contrary by IDR, a show featuring unlikely conversations on topics that affect our future. Hear differing perspectives from leaders and experts as they help us make sense of the most pressing issues of our time. Here's your host, Sneha Philip. In India, which is one of the largest food producing countries in the world, heavy rainfall and flood damaged 33.9 million hectares of its cropped area between 2015-16 and 2021-22. A similar area of cropped land was damaged due to droughts. And while these numbers are concerning when we consider food security, they're even more alarming for the Indian farmer, whose job is getting riskier by the day. These climate-induced risks and challenges are just the tip of the iceberg. How is the Indian farmer going to cope? How will Indian agriculture cope? One of the things that we see in uh, how agriculture is going to emerge is one, the pressure on the land is going to increase with the increasing populations. The real situation of farmers in the field has not really changed. It's in fact gone from better to bad to worse now. Always for productivity, crop ज्यादा से ज्यादा केमिकल का यूसेज हो रहा है तो उसका जो इंपैक्ट है वो सोइल के ऊपर बहुत हाईली हुआ है दोस्त विद द थ्री सेक्टर एक्सपर्ट्स आई स्पोक विद नरेंद्र नाथ दामोदरन स्वप्ना सारंगी एंड नसीम शेख दे आर गोइंग टू हेल्प अस अंडरस्टैंड हाउ वी गॉट टू वेयर वी आर टुडे एंड वेयर वी गो फ्रॉम हियर एंड ऑल थ्री ऑफ देम आर गोइंग टू हेल्प अस आंसर द क्वेश्चन व्हाट इज द फ्यूचर ऑफ फार्मिंग लुक लाइक इन इंडिया First things first, we're going to try and understand the ground reality. And we're also going to unpack current trends that pose a risk for the future of Indian agriculture. Land holdings for one are becoming smaller and smaller, making it even more difficult for farmers to sustain themselves off their land. Narain is from Pradhan, a non-profit that's been working on rural livelihoods since the 1980s. He tells us why smaller and fragmented land holdings pose a risk for the future of agriculture one of the things that we see in uh, how agriculture is going to emerge is one the pressure on the land is going to increase with the increasing populations the pressure for the country to feed its uh, you know nearly 1.6 billion as it were i think it's going to be the top number that we're going to hit at some point of time when you say 20 30 40 50 etc so we will be more than about 1.6 billion so to provide adequate food and nutrition etc to those uh, large number of people i think that is the pressure on the land is increasing today especially at the household level the pressure is further increasing because of the in intergenerationally the land size is going down and uh, productivity is remaining where it is or even reducing lack of resources mostly rain fed agriculture As Narain explains, smaller land holdings are increasing the pressure on our land and subsequently on the farmers who work on it. The second expert I spoke to is Swapna Sarangi. She's a team leader at Foundation for Ecological Security or FES, 
a nonprofit that works on the conservation of nature and natural resources through the collective action of local communities. According to her, climate change and erratic weather patterns are making the problem worse for farmers. And over the years, overexploitation of natural resources, be it water, soil or forests, has meant that yields have either plateaued or diminished. Swapna explains just why the depletion of these natural resources is a growing concern for farmers and what this means for India's agriculture. When I go and interact with a farmer, uh, okay, a farmer who lives on the next to their forest fringe village or next to a natural protected area, that person is not really having a big piece of land. He's got a small piece of land. He's growing vegetables in some patch. He's growing paddy in some pockets. He's growing pulses in some pockets because he thinks that these are things which is essential because these are things which is coming to his plate. So he needs to grow that. So when I interact with him and I ask this question as to why do we need to keep this forest? He, in his own wisdom, tells me, I invest less if I have a good forest on, say, fertilizer or pesticides. Because the forest is takes care of that. There is a soil that comes from the forest is rich in nutrient. That's a farmer's knowledge. You don't really need to be a scientist to understand that. It's not really rocket science. The farming communities understand that if there is a upland forest, the carbon that transfers from the forest goes to your agriculture land. Then he looks around and says, because I invest less in pesticide, because you see there are drums flies, there are butterflies, there are birds who are natural predators. So my farming is becoming less input oriented and for that matter, whatever I'm getting, it's almost a profit. It's only my labor and it's also the kind of input I provide only in the form of seeds or something like that. You walk down some 10 kilometers and come to neighboring town, sheep or a urban or peri-urban area, you ask the farmer the same question and you see the calculation. The investment in the same patch of land is so much that his return over the investment is becoming less. Because he's investing on soil, he's investing on uh, manure, he's investing on pest to reduce the pest attack. So his investment has been growing more day by day. We took that entire opportunity from the farmers. Now we have taken the entire Farming practice originated also from the farmers. Farmers are bound to buy fertilizers. Farmers are bound to buy pesticides. Essentially because we kill these natural interlinkages. The farm, agriculture, interlinkage, that ecosystem interlinkage, the more we break, the more the investments will start coming to the farming land. The more the poorer the farmer would become. So these are uh, things which is, you know, what we call that uh, in a very technical term, ecosystem services provided by forest or water bodies, not visible, not, you can't really measure, but uh, still the farming community is realized what is the important role played by the forest for the agriculture ecosystems. As Swapna explains, agricultural productivity is closely linked to the quality of natural resources around the farmland. Traditionally, factors such as the amount of moisture in the soil, the availability of water and other nutrients in the immediate environment played a key role in helping a farmer decide what crop to grow and when. Farmers exercised their agency and knowledge to decide what was best for their land. But overexploitation of resources over the years has led to the loss of a healthy ecosystem, which in turn is leading to reduced productivity and lower yields for farmers. And therefore, to improve productivity, farmers are resorting to poor cropping practices. 
such as the excessive use of fertilizers and pesticides, which only further aggravates the problem. Naseem, our third speaker, leads programs at Swayam Shikshan Prayog, or SSP, a Pune-based organization that focuses on women-led entrepreneurship and leadership in rural India. SSP has been working with women farmers in the drought-prone region of Maratwada in Maharashtra for many years. And Naseem explains just how these cropping practices pose a risk for the Indian farmer and the future of Indian agriculture. पिछले 15 साल या 10 साल में मैं ये देख रही हूँ एग्रीकल्चर में कि 15 साल पहले एग्रीकल्चर में लोगों को फूड क्रॉप्स जैसे खाने पीने के जो क्रॉप्स हैं जैसे हम पल्सेस हैं वेजिटेबल्स हैं ऑयल सीड्स ज़्यादा से अच्छे से कल्टीवेट होते थे लेकिन पिछले 15 साल में ये दिख रहा है कि लोगों को लग रहा है कि पैसे के लिए हमको कैश क्रॉप्स ज़्यादा ज़्यादा करना है ज़्यादा से ज़्यादा कैश क्रॉप्स करना है जैसे ऑनियन के पीछे भाग रहे हैं लोग ग्रेप्स के पीछे भाग रहे हैं शुगर कैन तो हाईली कल्टीवेट होता है तो ये जो भी क्रॉप्स हैं वो फूड क्रॉप्स नहीं है यस वो पैसा देते हैं लेकिन उनके कल्टिवेशन के लिए बहुत पानी की रिक्वायरमेंट है ये सारी जो प्रॉब्लम है अभी जैसे मराठवाड़ा में जहाँ से मैं आ रही हूँ या जहाँ पे हमारे संस्था का काम हो रहा है स्वयं शिक्षण प्रयोग महिलाओं के साथ काम कर रही है वो रीजन ही पानी के लिए सबसे ज़्यादा वनरेबल माना जाता है या ड्राउट प्रोन माना जाता है तो ड्राउट प्रोन एरिया है जहाँ पर पानी की दिक्कत है हर तीन साल के बाद एक लंबा ड्राउट होता है तो तब भी फार्मर्स को लगता है कि हमको कैश क्रॉप लेना है और इनकम लेना है और केमिकल का यूज़ तो हद से ज़्यादा बढ़ गया है जैसे अभी किसान की सोचने की समझने की क्षमता ही ख़त्म हो चुकी है उनको लग रहा है कि ज़मीन को हम जैसे एक मशीन की तरह देख रहे हैं कि इतना डालेंगे और इतना लेंगे इस तरह से हो रहा है तो हमेशा प्रोडक्टिविटी को बढ़ाने के लिए क्रॉप की ज़्यादा से ज़्यादा केमिकल का यूसेज हो रहा है तो उसका जो इम्पैक्ट है वो सॉइल के ऊपर बहुत हाईली हुआ है तो आज मुझे तो लगता है कि कुछ और दिन अगर निकल जाएंगे तो शायद हमारी सॉइल की फर्टिलिटी की जो कैपेसिटी है वो ही ख़त्म हो जाएगी फार्मर्स हैव मूव टू कल्टिवेटिंग कैश क्रॉप्स रादर दैन फूड क्रॉप्स इन ऑर्डर टू अर्न बेटर इनकम्स दनरिस्ट्रिक्टेड यूज ऑफ केमिकल्स टू इनक्रीज प्रोडक्शन alongside the depletion of natural resources doesn't bode well for india's farmers or our agricultural future like narain swapna and naseem have pointed out if we don't change our ways it could be disastrous so we have some understanding of where we are now and what perhaps is going wrong but what lies ahead could evolving technologies provide a glimmer of hope According to experts, agtech has been growing significantly, and this could potentially be a silver lining. Narain tells us about some of these emerging innovations. Technology, agtech, as it is called, it's moving very fast. It's uh, expanding. It is exploding, as one could say. Both production technologies, in terms of hydroponics and greenhouses and genetically modified crops and new ways of practices. so that is one side and second is the ag stack and the mobile telephone based technologies you know the drones and artificial intelligence and weather forecasting so there are so many of these kinds of uh, support systems support technologies etc coming in so there's a lot of explosion happening 
but it is getting limited to a certain set of people and agriculture therefore taking an urban kind of uh, urban looking agriculture because all these new kind of uh, produce happening more for the urban markets and not so much for the common people's market which is much larger in number much limited number of urban market uh, versus very large number of people in the villages and small towns therefore also i think one fallout of this which is uh, being seen in smaller numbers and if you don't really address this issue it will become further exaggerated is land consolidation and contract farming to give our listeners some context contract farming refers to a system of agricultural production which is carried out under a contract between the farmer producer and the buyer who could be a private sector company or the landowner under the contract the farmer has to provide an agricultural commodity of a specific quality in the quantity required by the buyer in turn the farmer has a guaranteed buyer now the jury's still out about the pros and cons of contract farming but what nareen is saying is that if access to agtech remains in the hands of a few it can shift the focus of farming away from growing food crops and towards cultivating exotic produce and commercial cash crops for urban markets this would shift the focus of farming from production for food and nutrition to production for profits and doesn't this then take us back to the very same challenges of increasing pressure on land and natural resources that Naseem Nareen and Swapna laid out for us so then what does the future hold for farming in india let's go back to something that nareen just said that agtech is only reaching a limited number of farmers and perhaps that's where we may find some solutions but to understand why the majority of farmers may not be able to capitalize on agtech we need to understand just who the indian farmer is naseem nareen and swapna have all worked with farmers across the country and shed some light on the profile of the indian farmer कहीं भी जाओ या मराठवाड़ा में जाओ या महाराष्ट्र में जाओ या दुनिया के किसी भी कॉर्नर में जाओ तो जैसे ही फार्मर बोलते हैं किसान का नाम लेते हैं तो एक आदमी की तस्वीर सबके आंखों में उधर आती है लेकिन मैं जहाँ पे स्वयं शिक्षण प्रयोग काम कर रहा है वहाँ पे हम ये देख रहे हैं कि खेती के सभी काम में या हमारा जो ग्लोबल नेटवर्क है वायरू कमीशन का तो हम यहाँ से लगभग फोर्टी कंट्रीज तक हमारा नेटवर्क है तो हम हर जगह ये देख रहे हैं कि खेती के सभी काम लाइक अस्सी टक्का से ज़्यादा काम महिलाएं करती हैं बट वो कहीं भी किसान की प्रोफाइल में उनको देखा नहीं जाता है आई एम सींग मोर एंड मोर इंक्रीजिंगली वीमेन स्मॉल होल्डर रेनफेड विलेजेस दिस आर द फार्मर्स और आर वी गोन लुक एट दिस अर्बन और अर्बनाइज इंडस्ट्रियलाइज फार्मर द बिग फार्मर दटिंग फार्मर सो you can have two ways of looking at the farmer and my preference is that we look at a farmer as the traditional artisanal farmer the small farmer and let's have millions of them because that is the only way we can actually bring these millions together out of poverty 80% of our farmers are marginal or small farmers no only hardly 20% farmers would own more than 5 acres of land our land fragmentation is happening every year every family next generation coming up then the land status getting fragmented so that's one big challenge that we anyway have our land holding are very very small land size are pretty small for which we are not been able to really get into a technology innovations or mechanization process that has not been really adopted by the farmers swapna draws our attention to small and marginal farmers 
those who have access to only one to two hectares of land to cultivate. And almost 80% of India's farmers fall into this category. And as Swapna goes on to say, these small and marginal farmers haven't really taken to ag tech. This could be a problem. Because it means that small and marginal farmers aren't leveraging the available technology to produce more. And additionally, depleting natural resources, pressure on land, the climate emergency, everything that we've spoken about is further aggravating the problem. Yields are low as are farmer incomes. Can this situation be averted? According to Nareen, it can. I can see it happening, but we have to make it happen. I'm saying it doesn't automatically will happen. Depends on what we do from now to 2030. If you don't do anything, it can be a disaster. Each farming household only has a one to two hectares of land. So there's a very small holdings. And these are, in fact, we've well utilized. These are highly adequate to provide a very, more than a decent kind of income to the household. Provided we bring in many, many other changes. Uh, so each of these households can actually reach a lower middle class level and uh, not necessarily, you know, lie at the bottom of the pile. So therefore, if you pursue a trajectory of agriculture being far, far more dispersed than getting consolidated and becoming industrialized, it becomes artisanal and it remains the way it is today, distributed across millions of households and making agriculture for this, each of these households more productive through collectivization, through introduction of technology, through various other capital and technology support and market linkages, it is possible through agriculture to bring in far more equality into our highly unequal society today. India is a smallholder agriculture economy. Keep it a smallholder agriculture economy, but make a smallholder a prosperous farmer. I think our food systems have to be far, far more local. One, agriculture needs to be predominantly for the food because agriculture was originally ever was meant for food. It should continue to be more food and not commercial and non-food, right? So that is one uh, general uh, submission I have. And through this uh, integrated farming cluster approach, what we need to have is to help the families produce the various food and nutrition requirements the household has and the locality requires. And we need to have far more localization of production, processing and consumption rather than looking at one production at one level and then, you know, taking it all across the country to some other part. There would be certain crops, some exotic crops and some fruits and certain things that might need to move large distances just for the fun of it. But otherwise, the essential food and nutrition that any people require, it should be as closely available as possible. Essentially, Naren is saying that there's strength in numbers. Collectivizing small and marginal farmers is key to strengthening our agrarian economy. But that's not all. In order to ensure that these farmers themselves don't go hungry, the entire production system needs a shakeup. We need to move away from large-scale production and supply chains towards processing and consuming food locally. This can help us meet domestic food requirements while also replenishing soil fertility and water sources. Now that may sound like a tall order, but we now have an understanding of what needs to happen to ensure agricultural productivity in the country while reducing risks and increasing incomes for farmers. The question is, how is any of this going to happen? And most importantly, who's going to make it happen? While the how is pretty complicated, the who is perhaps 
slightly easier to grasp. When it comes to agriculture in India, the government is one of the biggest actors. Whether it's drafting policies and implementing them, or mobilizing funds, very little can change without the government's involvement. However, Swapna highlights that there's much room for improvement and tells us what needs to change. I think over a period of time, what I've seen is agriculture as a sector is uh, getting less and less attention. Maybe if you look at the budget in the last four or five years, the amount that is invested in agriculture sector might be increasing, but if you see the percentage of investment from the total budget allocation, it's decreasing. So maybe we are thinking that we are becoming self-sufficient in producing some crops, we have become rich in some crops and we have started exporting crops and all. But the real situation of farmers in the field has not really changed. It's in fact gone from better to bad to worse now. Essentially because in the last 70 years, even after independence, what we have not really figured out is uh, the basic infrastructure that should have been built. But look at the progress that we have made in the last 70 years. Irrigation-wise, maximum potential created is 30%. That's on pen and paper. On the reality, if you see, that is the potential created. Actual land irrigated is not more than 5 to 10%. Similarly, if you look at uh, soil-wise investment, nothing. No program has happened around soil. We have soil card, health cards and all that. But still, the predominant uh, idea is to follow the same model that we adopted after independence, the Green Revolution kind of thing. Keep on giving pesticides, keep on increasing the soil uh, capability beyond the soil's actual capacity. Naseem goes on to add that while we do have policies in place, there remains a gap in implementation. Policy level, I think that in India, there are no policies in India. बहुत अच्छे पॉलिसीज हैं जब पॉलिसीज के बारे में हम देखते हैं पढ़ते हैं तो उनके गोल उनके ऑब्जेक्टिव्स बहुत ही क्लियर हैं लेकिन जो बड़ी गैप मैं देखती हूं मेरे पूरे 30 साल के करियर में मैंने सेक्टर में जो देखा है वो ये है कि उसके इंप्लीमेंटेशन गैप है इंप्लीमेंटेशन में वो ठीक से नहीं जाता है हर एक की समझ उस तरह से नहीं होती है तो उसके ऊपर काम करने की बहुत जरूरत है और इकोसिस्टम में सबकी अकाउंटेबिलिटी और सबका कमिटमेंट लेने की जरूरत है जैसे फाइनेंशियल इंस्टीट्यूट के जो प्रोसेसेस हैं या जो सिस्टम्स हैं वो किस तरह से मार्जिनल फार्मर्स के लिए या मार्जिनल फार्मर्स के कलेक्टिव्स के लिए काम करेंगे एक एग्जांपल मैं बताती हूं हमारा जो विमेन फार्मर्स प्रोड्यूसर कंपनी हमने बनाए हमको एक लेटर आया डिस्ट्रिक्ट ऑफिस से कि आप लोन लेने के लिए आपका एपीओ लोन ले सकता है इस प्रोग्राम के अंदर फिर हम सब मिलके गए एपीओ डायरेक्टर्स और जस्ट मैं उनके साथ थी क्योंकि उनको थोड़ा लिखने में वगैरह कुछ चाहिए तो फिर हमने जब उनके साथ जाके बैठ के बात कर रहे थे तो उन्होंने बोला कि ठीक है आपको तो लोन दे सकता है 10 लाख तक का लेकिन इसमें कोलैटरल नहीं है लेकिन कंडीशन यह है कि जो डायरेक्टर सिग्नेटरी है वो गवर्नमेंट के स्कीम्स को अवील नहीं कर सकते इंडिविजुअली क्योंकि वो यहां पे कलेक्टिवाइजेशन में डायरेक्टर है अब बहुत बड़ा चैलेंज है हमारे साथ क्योंकि हम पहले ही अपने घरों में कन्विंस करके महिलाओं को आगे लाके इकट्ठा करके ये सारी प्रोसेस चला रहे हैं और अगर वो डायरेक्टर जो सिग्नेटरी है उसके फैमिली को कोई गवर्नमेंट स्कीम नहीं ले सकते तो उसके फैमिली तो अगेंस्ट हो जाएगी तो फिर हम ये स्कीम नहीं ले सकते an fpo or a farmer producer organization 
is an entity formed by farmers who grow their produce individually and come together to collectively sell their output. For small and marginal farmers, FPOs are an effective way to access investment, technology, inputs and markets at a subsidized cost. But Naseem points out that it isn't as well thought out as it seems on paper. And that's evident from her example. If the director of the FPO chooses to avail a collateral-free government loan, then she can't access any other government schemes as an individual. This is a huge challenge because women have to overcome tremendous odds to reach a stage where they can take on positions like being the director of an FPO. And a clause that prevents them from accessing government schemes as individuals is likely to turn their families against the decision. It's counterproductive. अब दूसरा जो मसला है कि फार्मर्स प्रोड्यूसर कंपनीज के लिए प्रोसेसिंग यूनिट्स मतलब कुछ भी करने के लिए गवर्नमेंट की बहुत अच्छी स्कीम्स आ रहे हैं लेकिन सब में इन्वेस्टमेंट है और हर इन्वेस्टमेंट इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर के ऊपर बड़ा है लेकिन जब भी कोई बिजनेस करना है तो इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर के साथ साथ उसका जो डेली जो कैश फ्लो के लिए जो पैसा लगता है रिवॉल्विंग फंड जिसको हम बोलते हैं वो थोड़ा कम है अब अर्ली स्टेज या ईयर थ्री इयर्स में क्या सपोर्ट होना चाहिए थ्री टू फाइव इयर्स में फार्मर्स प्रोड्यूसर कंपनीज के क्या सपोर्ट होना चाहिए वो अगर थोड़ा सा पॉलिसी लेवल पे कोई चेंजेस लाए क्योंकि हम देखते हैं कि बच्चे को भी हम सिक्स मंथ्स में अलग फीडिंग होता है और फिर नेक्स्ट वन ईयर में अलग फीडिंग होता है और फिर फाइव ईयर्स के बाद एक अलग फीडिंग होता है तो मुझे लगता है कि पैकेजेस हम अगर बनाएंगे कि अर्ली स्टेज फार्मर्स कलेक्टिव्स के लिए क्या सपोर्ट सर्विसेज पॉलिसी से या प्रोग्राम से आएंगे तो वो थोड़ा ज्यादा है सो वी स्पोकन अबाउट द रोल दैट गवर्नमेंट एंड पॉलिसी मस्ट प्ले टू एंश्योर द फ्यूचर ऑफ फार्मिंग इन द कंट्री एंड बेस्ड ऑन व्हाट वी नो द फोकस नीड्स टू बी ऑन सपोर्टिंग स्मॉल एंड मार्जिनल फार्मर्स सो दैट दे कैन लेवरेज इमर्जिंग एग्टेक बेटर and increase their output and their incomes and what about non-profits and other organizations that work on the ground with farmers what can they do to enable some of these shifts i asked all three of our guests to weigh in on this based on their experiences of working with farming communities nasim who has worked extensively with women farmers in marathwada tells us that the sector must pay special attention to women farmers as they carry the torch for change whether socially economically or environmentally jab bhi purush kheti ke bare mein sochte hain to zyada paise ke bare mein sochte hain jab bhi purush kheti ke bare mein sochte hain to kam kaam kaise hoga kam मेहनत से ज़्यादा प्रॉफिट लेने के बारे में सोचते हैं लेकिन जब महिलाएं सोचती हैं तो पहले वो अपने खाने के लिए सोचती है कैसे पैसे की बचत होगी उसके बारे में सोचती है या अपने जो ज़मीन है पानी है उसको किस तरह से जो नैच जैसे हम बोलते हैं कि नेचुरल रिसोर्स की प्रोटेक्शन के बारे में जैसे वो बच्चे के प्रोटेक्शन के बारे में सोचती है सेम तरीके से वो नेचुरल रिसोर्सेस के बारे में भी सोचती है तो ये जो पूरी सोच है वो बहुत डिफरेंस uh, है आज सबसे बड़ा मसला मुझे तो लगता है कि ये सबसे बड़ा ग्लोबल क्वेश्चन बन गया है ग्लोबल चैलेंज बन गया है फूड इनसिक्योरिटी तो जब भी महिलाएं सोचती है तो पहले फूड सिक्योरिटी के बारे में सोचती है और कैश फ्लो के बारे में सोचती है कि छोटे छोटे काम करके 
छोटा छोटा क्रॉप्स लगा के जैसे वेजिटेबल शॉर्ट साइकिल क्रॉप्स हैं लेकिन वहाँ पे काम बहुत करना पड़ता है हर वीक काम करना पड़ता है हर तीन महीने में उसको फिर से रीप्लांटिंग करना पड़ता है सोइंग करना पड़ता है तो ये जो टाइम कंज्यूमिंग काम है वो मतलब आदमी लोग को अच्छे नहीं लगते इसलिए उनको लगता है कि वन टाइम आज सोइंग करो पानी देते रहो फर्टिलाइजर डालो और फिर एक साथ हार्वेस्टर लगा के हार्वेस्टिंग करो और फिर पैसा लेके आओ तो ये ये डिफरेंस है आदमी और महिलाओं के बीच में जैसे हमने जो डाइवर्सिफिकेशन करने की कोशिश की है वो पहले तो हमने पानी के बारे में पहले सोचा है कि ऐसे क्रॉस जो कम पानी में आएंगे उनकी वाटर रिक्वायरमेंट जैसे बोलते हैं वो कम होनी चाहिए दूसरा प्रायोरिटी था हमारा कि फूड क्रॉप्स होने चाहिए तीसरा प्रायोरिटी थी कि वो शॉर्ट साइकिल क्रॉप्स होने चाहिए कि जिससे क्लाइमेट के रिस्क को मैनेज करना ईजी हो जाए तो ये तीनों प्रायोरिटी रखे जब हम ये देखते हैं तो हमको जो क्रॉप्स के ये मिले वो है पल्सेस ऑयल सीड्स वेजिटेबल्स वेजिटेबल्स में भी लिफी वेजिटेबल्स हैं फ्रूट वेजिटेबल्स हैं तो ये सारे चीज़ें अभी हमारे महिलाएं कल्टीवेट कर रहे हैं पहला वेजिटेबल्स से फूड सिक्योरिटी प्लस कैश फ्लो सीरियल से उनकी फूड सिक्योरिटी प्लस एक अच्छा इनकम अगर वो जैसे वन एकर के बजाय दो तीन एकर में अगर लैंड ब्लैक ग्राम या ग्रीन ग्राम करते हैं तो वो सेल भी कर सकते हैं तो जितना उनकी फैमिली के लिए चाहिए वो कल्टीवेट करके रखते हैं और जो सरप्लस क्रॉप्स हैं या सरप्लस प्रोडक्ट है वो वो मार्केट में सेल करते हैं तो इससे वो बैलेंस कर रहे हैं and ensuring food security they must be at the center of any conversation or program about the future of farming in india swapna speaking from her experience with fes shares how participating in self help groups or women's collectives has empowered women farmers to step up to the forefront many women after coming from that uh, self help groups meetings getting exposed getting to know the world coming for different training programs interacting with other actors has started believing that you know they can do this and there is a push also from the families saying you are entitled you can go and do that and there is a pull from the state also giving the voice to women giving agency to the women investing on the women agencies so both way in some states i think or odisha or andhra pradesh or kerala or tamil nadu even to an extent west bengal in places where these women self help groups were successful to an extent of coming together doing some bit of a smaller enterprise have now started looking this as a bigger opportunity because women were practically the farmers just that they never had a land title in their name but they were the one who were doing all other activity in the agriculture sector this means that non profits need to continue working with women farmers to truly reimagine our agricultural systems and processes they must ensure that the efforts of women farmers are recognized and that they can avail their rights nareen shares a slightly different vision for the role of the development sector in the agricultural ecosystem i think the civil society people i mean we there's a lot of requirement for active facilitation and you know maybe not very high but you know medium to high level human touch at the farmer level so we need to have people at the cutting edge who are experts in agriculture and expert in technology able to understand issues and respond to the local issues in a local way i think that 
kind of uh, support from the civil society will be important and at some point of time you know what you need is once the system is set and running then the facilitation the training the hand holding component might reduce because the farmers themselves become expert and they get linked with the suppliers and with the markets and even with knowledge institutions you know there are local kvks and there are agriculture research institutions so the farmer organizations are directly in touch with them so a lot of things that the ngo used to provide in terms of you know knowledge in terms of technology in terms of new linkages those gradually start getting established at that point of time the engine might not need to be there but these linkages are necessary so those linkages need to be continuously nurtured and you know replenished so with the ngos we do maintain an oversight but we also see that once the systems are in place then we don't need to be there all the time the bank is there you know the government linkages are there there are various government programs so setting up these linkages is multi stakeholder partnerships etc are very important It's clear from our conversation today that agriculture in India is in crisis. Climate change, the degradation of natural resources, and the poor implementation of policies are further exacerbating this. The move towards more productivity for markets and cash crops isn't helping our land or the farmers who cultivate it. But if we were to put the small and marginal farmer and the woman farmer at the front and center of our agricultural policies and programs we could alter the course we're on and ensure equitable and inclusive growth both for the sector and for farmers Nasim reiterates that we're at the cusp of a change and that what we have before us is an opportunity to build a new more sustainable future for agriculture in India 2050 में इंडिया एग्रीकल्चर सेक्टर ग्लोबली आगे ही होगा लेकिन उसमें मार्जिनल फार्मर्स के कलेक्टिव्स आगे आएंगे और हमारा जो नेक्स्ट जनरेशन है जिसको हम युवा पीढ़ी बोलते हैं या यूथ बोलते हैं वो भी एग्रीकल्चर सेक्टर में इन्वॉल्व होंगे लेकिन विथ स्किल्स एंड नॉलेज के साथ तो अलग अलग जैसे इंजीनियरिंग पढ़ के या तो जैसे पहले के फार्मर को हम विजुअलाइज करते हैं तो पहले के फार्मर कम पढ़ाई करके कोई टेक्निकल नॉलेज नहीं होते हुए वो ट्रेडिशनल तरीके से एग्रीकल्चर का काम करते थे आने वाली जो जनरेशन है वो स्किल और नॉलेज के साथ एग्रीकल्चर का काम करेंगे बहुत बड़ा मौका है क्योंकि हमारे देश में तो जिस तरह से पॉपुलेशन बढ़ रहा है या जिस तरह से हमारी नीड्स बढ़ रहे हैं वो सिर्फ एग्रीकल्चर सेक्टर ही फुलफिल कर सकता है उसके ऊपर ही हम सब कुछ हमारा पूरा देश का जो इकोनॉमी है वो एग्रीकल्चर सेक्टर में है तो हमारा जो इन्वेस्टमेंट होना चाहिए जो भी इन्वेस्टमेंट है वो एग्रीकल्चर सेक्टर में ज़्यादा होना चाहिए मुझे लगता है लेकिन जो भी टेक्नोलॉजीज हम लाएंगे वो लोगों के सहायता के लिए लाएंगे लेकिन टेक्नोलॉजी के लिए लोगों का यूज़ नहीं होना चाहिए फार्मर्स का यूज़ नहीं This episode of On the Contrary by IDR was produced by Saloni Meghani, Smarinita Shetty, Sneha Philip and me, Shreya Adhikari, with additional support from Halima Ansari, production by Made in India. If you like our show, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from so more people can find out about us. You can also email us on 
write to us at idearonline.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn. Thank you for listening and see you next week.